0: Hello, hello, and welcome. You are listening to the Sacred Slut Podcast, hosted by me, Becca Kavanaugh. This podcast is for you if you are ready to live a life full of pleasure, passion, and prosperity through your feminine flow and magnetism. This podcast will give you everything you need to step into your power, embrace your inner slut, and fall in love with being a woman, even in today's society. Every week, we cover topics like spirituality, relationships, sex, pleasure, and living a pussy-led life. I have used these tools and teachings to create a business from flow, reignite passion in my relationships, have mind-blowing sex, and manifest the really big stuff like my dream apartment, soulmate clients, and money in my bank account. And I did all this while prioritizing pleasure and embracing my feminine radiance. So now I teach my clients to create their own version of success through the power of their pleasure and live a life that turns them the fuck on. The thoughts and perspectives I share on this show are my own through the lens of my lived experience as a privileged, white, cis, straight, abled bodied woman. I do fully believe that living a pleasure filled life is inclusive and possible for everyone. And I am always open to receiving feedback on which I can improve. All in all, take what feels really good and pleasure filled and leave the rest. I want you to think of this podcast as your weekly dose of pleasure that will get your juices flowing and leaving you craving for more. I am so turned on to have you here, so let's just dive in. Hey, sluts, and welcome back to the Sacred Slut Podcast. I'm your host, Becca, and thank you so much for listening to today's podcast episode. Today, I brought on my good friend, Lucy Price. Lucy is an empowerment coach, and she focuses on relationships, relationships, whether that's with yourself or with your external relationships, like a partner, a friend, a family member, and any other relationships (laughs) that you can think of. We really talked about in this episode the connections between relationship and business and how all of it kind of sparks the same type of wounding, whether it comes to worthiness, confidence, and all these other pieces that really go overlooked and not necessarily talked about. This episode is going to be super valuable, whether you are in a relationship or wanting a relationship, or maybe you're in a relationship that feels a little undesirable right now. And the same goes for your business, whether you're just starting a business, want to own a business, or maybe your business is not where you want to be just yet, we talked a lot about change and we talked a lot about um, kind of stepping into new identities, shedding old identities, whether that's breaking up or, you know, ending a relationship, right? Ending a business relationship, right? So we talked so much about whether, you know, how to kind of take these leaps, how to the fears that may come with it. So if you are wanting to make a change in your life, whether that's your business or your relationships or really maybe just a connection and confidence within yourself. This episode is really going to highlight those changes and how you can kind of step into this new identity and maybe even debunk or think about some of the fears that come up. So that way you can kind of take a more grounded approach when it comes to taking a leap or making a change in your life. Super, super valuable, you guys. I cannot stress this enough. This is probably one of my favorite conversations I've ever had for the podcast. So if you need to listen to this multiple times, I highly encourage it. Or maybe if you need to take a breath And pause it, come back to it later, take some notes, whatever it may be. This is going to be the type of episode for that. Um, Definitely something to we talked a lot about these overarching themes and these really foundational pieces when it comes to business and relationships. But also I think that there are some really great reminders here of what it means to be a woman, right? What it means to be a woman in business or just a woman in society creating this life that you want to have and breaking all maybe these societal norms um, and stepping into an identity that is most aligned to you. So Anyways, you guys, such a good episode. I'm going to stop my jabbering and let you guys get into it. Um, So I hope you all have a pleasure filled week and I'll let you get inside the episode. All right. Welcome, Lucy, to the Sacred Slip Podcast. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing so well. How are you?
0: I am doing super well. I'm super excited to have you here. Lucy and I are, we were just talking about before (laughs) we hit record, um, we were just riffing off of everything and we were like, we should hit record right about now. Yeah,
1: we should have hit record five minutes ago.
0: (laughs) that's okay. We're here now. Um, (laughs) So go ahead, Lucy, just go ahead and give yourself a little taste or give my audience a little bit of a taste of who you are, what you do and how you serve.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm an empowerment and relationship coach. Essentially, I help people really uncover and expand their confidence so that they can have relationships that really light them up. Some of the things that involved is um, mindset, emotional intelligence, going through repatterning from things that happened in childhood to you know the beginning of dating life and everything like that, but really dropping into personal confidence and empowerment and from that place forming relationships that
0: really light you up and really serve you. And your life. So so good. So, um Lucy is very much about the connection between ourselves and also our relationships. And mm-hmm. she wanted and reached out to me to kind of do this podcast or do something together because we, I'm very much about business and business magnetism and also the pleasure side of things, the intimacy side of things. Um, so it's just kind of interesting to kind of put these two realms together. Like we've been having these conversations a lot on the podcast, which is, you know, kind of how all these things come together um, and how it's not just one way of doing business, it's how you show up in every aspect of your life. So go ahead and just like, I am curious, like what are some of the things in your own business that you've kind of made the connections back to your relationship or maybe wounding around relationship? And yeah. how have has that served you in your business?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to take you a couple of years back. And this was one of the things that, you know, before we hit record, we were talking about slightly, but um, something that I was navigating in my life about four or five years ago was my own relationship with abandonment and my own relationship with abandonment wounds and fearing being abandoned and fearing, you know, relationships severing or being ghosted without any lead up to it, any explanation, any closure around the situation. And about two years ago, when I really started um, considering having my own personal business, I'm working with people on a more personal level because before I started my coaching business, I was a, a fitness instructor. So I was starting to take on -on one-on-one clients. I started to realize that some of that abandonment wounding was coming up in my business of fear of clients all of a sudden ghosting me, fear of clients all of a sudden not continuing in their Coaching packages or whatever it happened to be. And then something just really started clicking for me. And I started looking around at my peers who are also starting their businesses. And, and frankly, like people in the field already, and realizing that this relationship wounding is happening in business this fear of not getting clients, this fear of clients leaving you, this fear of not being able to connect to people or, you know, being an imposter. Like those things show up in relationships all of the time and show up in business all of the time. And I think that they're so connected, but sometimes it's hard to make the connection when you're only focused on one piece of the puzzle. So something that I like to do, and I know that you like to do this as well, is like think holistically about the different areas of your life. And if you heal some of the wounding in your relationships and and are able to process and move forward from that, you're also going to have that reflect
0: in your business and
1: reflect in your personal life all the same.
0: Mm-hmm. And vice versa too. It's like, yeah, I, I feel like um, I kind of talked about this last week and we were kind of talking about this before we hit record was that I feel like sometimes in our businesses, we are more inclined to heal some of those parts, those wounds that do come up in business, because if we don't, we're probably leaving money on the table. And if we're leaving money on the table, that means that we're not surviving, we're not thriving. And so therefore that kind of becomes our priority, right? Obviously survival um, is one of the, you know, hierarchy of needs. It's like the top one before you can kind of go into these different phases of like relationships, intimacy, and all that. And what I've come to find out as well of that is like, there's kind of also this false belief that when we you know, get all the money from our business that all these things in our relationships are going to be healed. Mm -hmm. And I think it's been shown time and time again, that money is only an amplifier of who you already are and the things that you're already experiencing. Um, so kind of talking about that, like how, do you have any like examples from your own life that you have felt that way or just like clients?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, one of the biggest examples that's coming to my mind right now is I had a client who worked with me who was in a pretty high up position in his company, Um, and it was interesting seeing that he was making a decent amount of money. I mean, decent relative, you know, depending on the person and depending on the framework and the belief system, but he was making about a hundred K a year. Like he was making six figures a year, but all of his relationships were falling apart. He wasn't close with his parents. He, he was, you know, falling out in these romantic relationships. And, and he, it was a similar narrative of, you know, I have, you know, the stable job, I have the income, I have all of this experience, I have success in this area of my life. Why don't I have success in my relationships? And I remember talking to him and, and, and as we went through our time together, what really was uncovered is just because you have success in one area of your life, or you have a variety of tools you can use in business, unless you're using those same tools in your relationships, or unless you're developing skills like boundary setting or communication skills, or trust skills, then you're not going to have those tools available in your relationship. So it's not, you know, I think we have this idea that as soon as the money appears, so does the love, so does the comfort, so does the coziness. And that's not really how it works. It, it, unless we're moving forward holistically and looking at all areas of our lives, then we're going to create this imbalance as we, as we move forward and are successful in one aspect of our lives.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so good. And it's just such a prime example of, you know, that, you know, I think it's kind of cliche to say, but like the whole money doesn't buy happiness thing, but yeah. it's true. Like it's, it's true. And it's one of those things around like, sure, money doesn't buy the happiness, but money has the opportunity for you to find happiness, right? It gives yeah. you the flexibility, the opportunity to do that. Um, so yeah, yeah, I also love, you know, So Lucy is rather young in the game. She's rather (laughs) young in the industry. And I really relate to that. I feel like when we met, I just really related to that. Not that I'm, I don't, I'm young still, but I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not as young as Lucy, but I will say that, um, when, you know, I owned a business before this and I started, you know, my own business at 20 years old and I was with other people that were way older than me. And I'm curious, like, I know that this is a little bit, but also kind of related to what we're talking about is like, how does that wounding show up as like this kind of younger um, person in the industry?
1: Yeah. So I want to talk about this from a couple different perspectives. So I might jump around a little bit. So, you know, I hope everyone (laughs) enjoys me jumping. Um, So the first thing I want to speak to this is that, you know, there's being young and there's also being a young woman. And that the second piece plays a part in this because I I did find for a while, it was something I struggled with in terms of, you know, there was a period of time that I thought no one was going to take me seriously. There was a period of time where I felt like I didn't know enough. There was a period of time where I felt that I needed to be, you know, a certain age. I need to be 30, 35, whatever happens to be in order to guide people through these, um, these challenging aspects of relationship and also, you know, expanding on the good things in their relationships that I need to have some sort of age experience in order to show up in my own business. And like, honestly, one of the biggest things that threw that all out the window is my first four or five clients were in their forties and fifties. And that completely threw me that completely threw me being in my, my mid twenties. I was like, Wait, what? (laughs) Like, okay, like, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to support you. I'm ready to go. But also, what about all these other things that society was telling me that I was too young that I was too inexperienced that I wasn't ready that I wasn't going to be ready. And so It was taking action before I felt ready, you know, taking action despite this narrative that I was being told that allowed me to have the success that I do have at the age that I am. So there's that aspect of it, too, Um, the aspect of just it working out, you know, me acting and then it being in alignment, energetic alignment um, and, and people finding me and me, you know, being visible and just doing that, even though I was uncomfortable. Um, and then the second piece to that is I did my own mindset work around it, you know, and I did my own affirmation work and I did a lot of embodiment work. So if uh, I, I was originally a yoga instructor, I'm really big into body work and getting your nervous system involved. And so I did a lot of embodiment work to get my nervous system okay with being the age that I am Um, because I can't change it. You know, I can't, (laughs) and I don't want to, you know, I'm, I really enjoy the age I'm at. And And I think that sometimes we equate age with wisdom, and I don't think that's the case. I think, and and in that same vein, I think we equate age with knowledge, and I don't think that's necessarily the case either. Some of the wisest people I've known and still know are five years younger than me. And some of the people who I have in my life who are in, in their 40s, you know, I have age, like friends from a variety of ages, could do, you know, with a little bit of, of growing up in some ways. And so I think that I think that you can find every reason in the book to hold yourself back. And I just decided for myself, I'm not gonna hold myself back despite my age because I can't control it anyway. And I don't really wanna go back to corporate America. So therefore <laughs> I'm gonna start my own business. So I'm just gonna have to, to be okay with it. And so I did the mindset and the emotional intelligence and the embodiment work to, to be okay with something that at this point I can't really change.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah I love all of that and there's also <laughs> a piece here around you know of course the alignment and the visibility obviously mm-hmm. and I want to get to those in a minute but just like what I always think about is like the trust in others the trust in others that they are making the right decision by like yeah for themselves to invest in you into investing in your business and like obviously, as long as you are in alignment and doing things out of your heart space, out of integrity, it's almost like there's comes a moment where like, like you said about holding yourself back. And there comes a moment of like, am I keeping myself from people that need my services or want my services? And then at once it gets to that point, it's almost like you just have to trust that people are going to make the right decision for themselves. Yes. Um, And like, you know, these women and men that were investing in you at, at their age, it's like, they saw something in you and you just trusted that you trusted their, um, decision around that. So, and I think that's, (laughs) that definitely comes back to relationships and trust around relationships. Um, and that can kind of come up in like, you know, abandonment wounds and things like that for, for me, just to share a little bit, I think, um when I was first starting out, and I was really young, there was this feeling of almost like, you know, it it was like this feeling of like this mother coming to me, because like a lot of mentors, a lot of my mentors, right, and I'm using air quotes for the people that can't see me, um, that were in this industry, they were almost kind of like mother figures, and I felt like I had to like do what they say I had to like you know because Mm -hmm. I was either working for them some in some capacity even though I like owned my own business still I was still at their salon I was still taking on their clients you know and like those kind of spaces and that kind of wounding around you know this almost like um authority figure over Mm me yes and and it's like when I started deviating from all the things that they were teaching me they were like what the fuck are you doing like you're not going to make any money that way. Like they're like, who is this bitch? And then we started like clashing a lot. And I think that, um, still to this day, sometimes that, um, when I find myself, I'm newer in an industry that Mm. comes up those kind of woundings around, like, am I doing the right thing? Am I not like, you know, am I stepping on people's toes or, you know, am I whatever, whatever. Right. And a lot of that just comes back to the mindset piece of it of like, I own my own business. I'm not going to get in trouble for not doing something the way somebody is doing it, right? And having that trust in um, myself and my own judgment and my own mindset. Um, So I guess coming back to like the visibility and doing it before you're ready, Mm -hmm. I think is so important, even in so business, yes, but also in dating, right? Dating other people, so what are kind of your thoughts about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. The way that I think about it is confidence is really a muscle, you know, confidence like equating it to working out, you might start by lifting a five pound dumbbell and you might do a couple of reps and you might think to yourself like, oh, I'm not really ready to work out, but let me just pick up this dumbbell and I'll do like three reps of a five pounder and see how it goes. And then you just start to build it up and build it up and build it up, but you're not going to get fit If you're not picking up the dumbbell or, you know, like a a different example, you're not going to learn how to swim unless you get in the water. So you have to you have to take action before you're ready. And in dating, I think a lot of this comes out in well, let me buy the perfect outfit before I go out on a date. Let me improve myself. Let me get a haircut. Let me do some more inner child healing. Let me do some more shadow work before I'm ready. You know, let me clear all of the wounds that are present in my body before I'm ready to receive love. And... And you're ready to receive love now. You've been ready to receive love now. Mm -hmm. You are always worthy. You were born worthy. The question isn't whether you're worthy or not. It's never has been. And unfortunately, we grew up in a society that for the most part tries to make us feel unworthy, not ready, so that we consume and so that we, you know, buy the latest outfit and, and buy into the latest trend, whatever happens to be, so that we finally feel ready. But you're already ready. And I think that's the thing, like you might not feel ready to be visible, but that doesn't mean you're not ready. It's a feeling. You know, you might feel a bit insecure, but that doesn't mean that you're not worthy of receiving love. That doesn't mean you're not worthy of showing up in your business, whatever it happens to be. So I do think that that confidence really is that muscle that you build up from action. And there is like, I don't want to take away the mindset part. I don't want to take away the emotional intelligence part at all, because that's also so present. But you, at the end of the day, you have to put yourself out there. And I think the mindset and the emotional intelligence, it really supports in the action of putting yourself out there, but you can't, you can't do the, you know, you have to do it (laughs) At, at some point. You just have to jump in and do it. So I think that it plays a massive role in dating in terms of whether that's talking to the guy behind you in a coffee shop and just saying, Hey, how's it going? Should I get the blueberry muffin or the lemon? You know, like that action in and of itself isn't Actually, a big deal, but we make it a big deal. We make it this massive thing. And I think the same is true in business like hitting, you know, hitting posts on a like a just a random post that you had that came to your mind and you wrote out through your fingertips onto the computer. The actual action isn't massive, but it feels massive. It feels like a lot. Um, so I definitely think that the way you move through that is just by building the muscle and gaining the proof that you're okay and that you're still breathing and that you're still worthy and you've always been worthy.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really definitely think that action brings clarity, right? And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's like, you don't even know what to expect until you're in it. And then you're like, Oh, this is coming up for me. Like I did not know that that was going to be an issue or I didn't know that that was going to bother me, but now it does because I'm taking action. I'm in the relationship, I'm in the business or whatever it may be. Right. And, and sometimes it's like, I think about, you know, dating. And I think also dating my business, right. Dating this kind of, um, (laughs) <laughs> you know, this thing that I'm creating and almost trial and erroring it, right? Like yeah. finding new things out, learning more about myself. And like, you can view the same way around dating and going out on dates and uh, yeah, just finding and experiencing that. So, um, so, so good. There was a couple of things that definitely came up while you were talking and yeah. I let's see, where do we want to go next? I'm thinking like, just as a question for you, like, what are the wounds that you feel like really hold us back from, you know, pressing live going on a date? Mm. Like, what is the kind of foundational wounds that we would have to look at to really dissect?
1: Yeah. So there's three, there's three that pop up for me, maybe four. (laughs) So so I'll say all four. So the first thing that pops up for me is the codependency and codependency wounds. Um, How I feel that shows up in, you know, intimate relationships or everyday life with friendships, partners, whatever happens to be is, You know, e always needing to refer to someone before you make a decision, or always feeling like you need to save somebody, always feeling like you need to protect somebody, you need to step in and support them. Um, So I think that can show up a lot in terms of in intimate relationships, but I also think that shows up in business. Quite frank, like frankly, like always feeling like you have to step in and support your clients, always feeling like you have to take over, always feeling like you have to check in, always feeling like um, they're they're in trouble or you have to save them in some way. Like, I think this is kind of the the two places where it comes up really frequently. We just don't put the codependency name to it. Um, The second thing that comes to my mind is the abandonment piece of, you know, fearing that your relationships are gonna leave you, fearing that, people aren't going to follow through on their commitments. I think that shows up in intimate relationships. Um, for for me it's sh- it showed up in my partnerships um, up until about three years ago of just always like clinging on to people because I didn't feel like I was, worthy of letting go if it didn't, if the relationship didn't serve me, because I didn't feel that someone else was going to step in and be a more aligned match. Um, And that's something I did a lot of healing around. And I think that shows up with clients of, you know, fearing all of your clients are going to leave you for no apparent reason, even though you're showing up and you're delivering, fearing that there's not going to be a new client that's walking through the door next month, just because you can't see them right now. It's the same, that's the same brood. It's just showing up in two different areas of life. Um, the third last fourth thing I think of is sisterhood wounds and motherhood wounds. Um, I think sisterhood wounds is a massive one, um, or sibling wounds. Some people, some people interchange them, but I think that's a massive one when it comes to hitting the live button on Facebook and speaking and, this actually got my, my thought of sisterhood wounds and motherhood wounds really sparked when you talked about being at the salon and how, you know, you started to do things a little bit differently. And when you were, uh, you know, 20 and starting that particular business kind of being more green, I, I think that's a lot of sisterhood wounds too. You know, I, there was a period of about a month where I took it so personally that someone called me like, oh, you're the fresh girl next door. And I, you know, I, that really stung my heart. I was just like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? And I, I had a moment of, um, I was doing a 365 day live challenge at the time. And I had a moment of like, I don't know if I'm gonna go live today because all of a sudden I feel like I can't take up space. I feel really small. I feel like I'm bothering people just because I'm new to an industry and just because I'm in my twenties. You know, it was one of those things where like I felt my body constrict. So I think that's a big thing that comes up for people too. And again, like on the flip side of that, my oldest client that I've had is was in their late 60s. And the flip side of age is feeling like you're too old, (laughs) you know, feeling like you're too old to find love or feeling like you're too old to be viewed as sexual or to start a business. Or So I think that um, sisterhood wounds and motherhood wounds really come into play as well in terms of personal life, you know, just in terms of going to a party and fearing that there's going to be someone in the corner talking smack about you as well as being in business, being afraid to take up too much space because someone's going to have something to say. So those are the main ones that come up when I think of both intimate relationships, dating, partnerships, friendships, as well as business with clients or just peers in your industry.
0: Mm, Yeah, that's so, so good to just like think about all of those aspects. And um, it's so interesting too, how words really stick with people and how we attach meaning to words. Um, I'm sure that that woman that said that to you meant nothing (laughs) by it. Right. Yeah. But it it like brought up some of that wounding around sisterhood around motherhood. And then Mm -hmm. also just like, what a fucking patriarchal bullshit that we have to deal with around age. And I thought that was really interesting because it's like, okay, if you're either too young (laughs) <laughs> to do this yeah. and then you're either too old like there's and then I think that that's why we put so much pressure on this like in between space of being, you know, a woman, right? It's like yeah. being a woman in business, it's almost like putting these markers around when I'm 30, I need to be making a million dollars a year and yeah. have all the things because that is what society tells me of like, I'm going to get too old to like do these things in my life. And it's just like, so not the truth. Um, it's just yeah. not the truth in how we can show up and create our own life. And I think we're kind of getting to that point where we're starting to deconstruct some of these beliefs, but still there's still that judgment that fear of judgment that fear of being seen and being visible and being fully expressed um yeah in every aspect of your life right whether that's sexually or in business or in dating life any of that um
1: I thought that popped into my head now because you were talking about the woman aspect of it and and I have a friend who just gave birth to a lovely baby mm-hmm. and that just made me think of like that's the other aspect too that we don't think about is motherhood you know once the dad becomes a father we don't think you know if he started his own business we're not going up to him being like oh can you really do both are you sure you know but all of a sudden for women that's the first question like oh like how long are you, are you like shedding down your business, or, you know, we start to form all these questions, there's just so much, there's pressure in the, in society against women. And so I think something that I'm so strongly passionate about, and I know you are too, is like transforming that pressure into pleasure and transforming it into, you know, because society is going to be there anyway. So how can we make you feel better? How can we restructure your belief system so that, the society starts to shift. Because I think that's, um, I'm kind of going on a tangent, but I think that the way to um, shift the societal structure is to get an individual and and let that radiate out from them, have them be the embodied invitation. People see that and be like, oh, my neighbor had a business and a kid. I can do that too. My neighbor who's 19 year old, 19, is now making 100K a year. I can do that too at 55, you know? Like we can start to, when an individual shifts their belief system of what they believe is possible from themselves, they start to become the embodied invitation for other people to do that too. Um, And that's just the thought that popped in my head that I wanted to share here.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's so good. I know my goal is definitely to be just like a walking permission slip for people. Like, yes, yes. Know? Like I don't, um, I can't relate on the motherhood side of it, but I, because I do not want kids, but that in a yeah. sense is a permission slip as well about me not wanting kids.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I was just thinking. Like the flip side of that. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then that's, and that's kind of cool to see as well of like just because you're not, uh, you know, fully expressed in one aspect or a permission slip, let's say in one aspect, you can be on so many other sides of it. And there are still going to be people that relate to you and what you're going through. And no matter how you frame it, as long as you're being aligned in your authentic truth, you're going to be a permission slip for someone out there. Um, yeah and that goes back to, you know, your business. And that goes back to this kind of like abundant mindset around, um, partners or, you know, like understanding that, like, one of my fears was when I was dating that I wasn't going to be able to find someone that was going to accept that I didn't want kids. Mm. I was like, I'm going to have to find, like, this was my limiting beliefs coming in. I was like, I'm going to have to find somebody so much older than me, or maybe they've already had kids and they don't want to go down that road again. Like I'm going to have to find somebody like that. But in turn, I just, you know, I found my partner and he's, you know, around the same age as me and we don't have any kids on either side. And, you know, it's, And we both don't want kids and that's how we want to live our life. And, you know, I think part of me was that, that fear that came in around, I'm not going to be able to find somebody my age or around my age to start a life Mm -hmm. with me without them wanting kids in the future. Um, Yeah. And I think you
1: brought up like a really beautiful point of when you can just live in your own alignment and live your truth these other pieces fall into place. And, you know, this is the hippie side of me where I don't know how, it just does. Like it it genuinely just does though. When you're living in alignment, when you're taking action based of the future you want to create for yourself, not necessarily your current circumstances, when you're living your truth fully and expressing that, you're going to call in the romantic partner that you're looking for. And same thing for business. Like you're going to call in the client that deeply deeply resonate with you and want to work with you. So I think you you hit on a really really beautiful point of like we might have these fears that come up. We might have these limiting beliefs that might might come up. And that doesn't make it true. That just makes it a thought and that just makes it a feeling. And when you lock into your truth of what you want to create, it all just flows.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that leads me actually to a point that I want to mention earlier or a question mm-hmm. around um, how do we take that leap? How do we yeah. discern what is fear and what mm-hmm. is actually, you know, not in alignment with what we want? What would you mm. say? That?
1: Yeah. So this is, um, this is where I bring in mindfulness, or this is where my mindfulness practice really comes in to guide me, um, is just distinguishing the emotion for yourself. Like when you sit for your, with yourself long enough and when you sit with the emotion and you journal on it or you meditate on it, or you just talk through it with someone who doesn't have a biased opinion, I think that allows a lot of clarity to come through. And similar to what you were saying earlier of action brings clarity clarity. So you can have a fear that comes up. I'm I'm trying to like go through my brain and think of a a personal example. Um, So personal example, my, so my coaching business really started to take off with the pandemic. And, and the reason why I switched full time into coaching is because all of my work shut down. You know, I was a fitness instructor, all of the gyms shut down. And so I was sitting here being like, well, I've got to make an income. I have been thinking of doing coaching in this particular way, might as well give it a go. Now, there was parts of me during that time that sincerely thought that I should not run my own business, that I should not be doing this. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even societal belief at that point. It was my, like, it was me. It was me questioning, like, do I want to be the CEO of my own company and all that that could entail? Yes, this is currently a one woman show. Um, but still like, do I want to be the CEO of this business? And there was a part that was, that I was questioning within myself, like, is this out of alignment or is this fear? And so I kind of sat through and I reflected on the periods of my life where I acted based off of fear and when I acted out of alignment Um, or whether, sorry, let me, let me rephrase that. When a feeling was fear versus out of alignment and One, when I was thinking through this particular situation, there was a strong um, sensation of when I went into my previous corporate job. And as soon as I walked into that building, I felt viscerally in my body that this was not the right place for me. And everyone told me I was afraid, everyone told me that I was just afraid of transitioning, afraid of starting something new that this was, you know, it was a good job. It was a good salary with benefits, with health insurance, you know, just take the job. And in a year, you can always leave it. And in my body, I knew it was out of alignment. And it was so it was such a strong feeling. So the way that I personally distinguish for myself is locking into that feeling of is this, you know, a tight stomach, chest is clamped, I'm kind of shaky feeling, or is this a, the shoe has hit the floor, this is a flat out no kind of feeling. Um, And I think that really can only come from your own awareness of yourself and checking in with your body consistently, you know, checking in something that I ask my clients, I, when, when I have client sessions, I will, I tend to ask them like, what are your thoughts around this and what is your feeling in your body? You know, what is the feeling that you're coming, that's coming? Coming up right now because the feeling helps distinguish what this is actually about. Is this just kind of fear or is this out of alignment? And you can like when you are aware of your body, you can feel it. You can feel the difference. And it's one of those things that because it's different for everybody, I can't tell, you know, I can't tell S- Sally down the street, it's gonna feel like this or it's gonna feel like this. It's it's really personal, but I, I think it's developing the awareness of your body and when something is a yes and when something is a no. Something else you can do is you can do... uh, what I want to say, intuition pulls, and and what I mean by that is the practice essentially you stand on your ground and you lean your body forward and you say yes, 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 yes. You lean your body back, you say no, 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 and then you start to just tune into that flow of okay, if I lean forward, it's a yes. If I lean back, it's a no, and locking into your intuition, um, and that can that can start to develop as well if if you're really starting to sit with is this fear telling me not to do something or is this and then out of alignment, you can sort of go into that practice. But I really think it is just really becoming aware of yourself and your body.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: I would love to hear your input on this too, um, b- because yeah, this is just mine. <laughs>
0: um, I really agree and resonate with what you said. I think that there is such a level of self trust that is built when you have an understanding and connection to your body, and you can really see in your, just like what you were saying, you can really feel it in your body of like, when things are yes, or when things are no. Um, Mm -hmm. and I really attune this by, you know, pleasure practices, um, being Mm -hmm. more, open to when I was sexually active, like being more present during sex and understanding like how I was feeling in my body. And I feel like that Mm -hmm. really created the foundation for me to kind of relay this into other aspects of my life. And that became, you know, getting more in tune with like my intuitive hits and everything like that. I'm I've recently found out that I am a generator in human design and that I am led by my solar plexus. So I'm very emotional. Um, and like that just hit it right on the head basically. (laughs) And, and what was interesting about that though, was like basically saying that, like, I am really in tune with my emotions. And so therefore, if there's ever a moment where I feel like unaligned with something I just can't not like I can't yeah. go through with it because I will viscerally and emotionally feel it um yeah and that is just so so true with even before I knew any of this like I just remember working jobs that I hated that it would get mm-hmm. to the point where I just couldn't even go into work like I was yeah. viscerally crying having panic attacks you know things like that and that's what led me to kind of owning my own business really young because I was like, I can't do this. Like, I can't do this for the rest of my life. Um, And you're really... Sorry,
1: I'm interrupting. You're really speaking to my soul because that was my experience. Mm -hmm. Like when I was in that corporate position, I would just go to the bathroom and cry like multiple times a day because it felt so bad. Um, and, And in the similar vein, like I think this is what ultimately when I was sitting with the decision of like, do I start my own business or not? It was really, you know, I was afraid, but I knew it was the right choice for me because I would be doing work that was in alignment with who I am and my gifts and what I have to share with the world. And it's also, I'm really affected by my environment. So, you know, I'm having this conversation in my bedroom. I get to work from anywhere, mm-hmm. you know, I get to, and I get to be nurtured by my environment. And that's something that I discovered was really important to me so you're just you're just really speaking my soul in terms of what you're saying about you know just not being able to go into work like your body knows
0: Mm -hmm. and I think that we can take this like I know in the past um I used to kind of take that as evidence of like I just can't handle it like I am just you know basically like overwhelmed. I'm just so anxiety driven. I'm just, you know, my mental illnesses are taking over and I just can't handle it. But like the reality is, is like, it's not that I couldn't handle it. It was that I didn't want to handle it. That was something that was outside of my capacity of willingness to do that. Right. And so You know, going into this type of business, it's a different kind of stress. It's a different kind of holding, but my willingness, my capacity to hold it is much, much higher than it was working for somebody else or, you know, not even, I wouldn't say working for somebody else because I honestly didn't mind that aspect of it. It was more so the Um, it was more so just like the things that I was asked to do. Um, and I kind of, you know, towards the end would make it about me and make it mean something Mm -hmm. about me. It meant that I just didn't want to work hard enough. It just meant that I didn't, you know, but that just was not true. I work so fucking hard on things that I love and things that are really aligned with me. And that's just the way I operate, you know, and some people are different. And like, at the end of the day, it's finding what works best for you um and yes. kind of doing that so i'm curious now are you what is your human design
1: yeah <laughs>
0: so so i'm glad
1: i'm glad you asked because i was gonna tell you anyway <laughs> um so i'm a manifesting generator with solar emotional authority um and i believe i'm a two four although i'll be honest i don't really know what that means right. um <laughs> and i'm still learning uh if human design is definitely something i'm still learning about um but but that, that point exactly, like, I'm, I'm going to rewind to some of the stuff that you said of, that again, just speaking to my soul of, I I definitely, when I was in that corporate position, I made it a story about me and I made it a story about how I could show up. And I think that's so common in relationships. I think that's common in business. I think that's common in so many areas of your life that if something is out of alignment, you can m- get mean that something is wrong with you, but it's not, it's just out of alignment. Um, and, and I think a lot of that fear played in when I was starting my coaching business and I was like, okay, can I, can I be the C CEO if I couldn't work in corporate and it's. like, well, yes, you can, because you're a powerful, amazing, heart-centered person and that corporate job wasn't right for you, but this is so completely aligned. So yes, absolutely. No doubt you can do any of the work that it requires to, to make it happen. And the same is in relationships, you know, of that, that person just might not be in alignment for you. You know, you might not be able to have the same values and the same life that you want. And you can make that mean something about you that you're not good enough that, you you know, you weren't able to have a healthy, successful relationship or marriage or whatever it happens to be, or you can just say it's out of alignment and that doesn't mean I'm a bad person and I can take steps to call in a relationship that is in alignment or shift something so that that's easier to receive or whatever it happens to be. But when it comes to, so kind of moving back to human design, I'm a manifesting generator, and I loved your point on making decisions because I think it kind of ties in how, you know, people are different, so my, my partner is of a reflector, which is like apparently one percent of the population, wow. which mm-hmm. I didn't know, but I, I was reading up on it, he's, he's not into any of this, um, but I was reading up on it for him. <laughs>
0: Convinced that uh, Lucy and I live the same life. <laughs> I
1: think so. <laughs> We're discovering this, <laughs> um, but yeah. So he's not into it at all. But for reflectors, it tends to take like them a month to make decisions. Um, not all decisions, you know, he's pretty good at deciding what we're having for dinner, but, um, in terms of like big life decision, it takes him a while. And, and I, that used to really frustrate me when we like, he's going to listen to this later, babe, it used to really frustrate me, but I love you. Um, Um it used to really frustrate me that it took him so long to make decisions. Uh that that for me, you know, once I have my emotional clarity, I'm good to go. But for him, he really sits, he really thinks about it. He really analyzes it. Um and then I re- realized that after reading up the reflectors, it takes them about 30 days that I had so much more compassion <laughs> after that. Right. I'm just like, okay, I get it. This is just you. Um, yeah. but but people make decisions differently. So I think if, if this is coming up for people where they're like, is this fear? Is this, you know, whether it's in relationships or business or whatever it happens to be, like I think human design is a really good tool. And so is astrology. You know, these different aspects are really good tools to help you discover more about yourself and your own decision-making process and your own um, self-reflection process to help move through that that stage of, if, is this fear or is this... Um, is this out of alignment? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So, so good. Um, yeah. And like, I totally relate with the relationship side of things as well Mm -hmm. around, you know, like sometimes we just make it about me, like you make it about yourself. Right. And sometimes like shit just doesn't mean anything about yourself. Right. Yeah. (laughs) You know, sometimes it's the other person and like, yes, it's good to, you know, kind of sometimes, um, I was going to say, it's good to like reflect on that and see how you can improve. But I think sometimes in like personal development world, we get so caught Mm -hmm. up in like, how can I improve? How can I do? And like, mm-hmm. sometimes it's just not fucking about you. Like, you know. Yeah. like, I guess it's good if it, if that helps you process, if that helps you like feel, you know, better about the situation, but like, sometimes it's just not about you. Sometimes it's just not a good match. And sometimes it's just unaligned and, and yeah. sometimes it's them and they have their own things to process and own things to kind of go through. And I think about, um, this is kind of bringing up like thoughts around ghosting and like ghosting mm-hmm. and Dating. and then also ghosting and just ghosting
1: like, and yeah
0: coaching. business yes. mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and how sometimes we'll like make it about us we'll be like oh yeah. you know I, sh- I should have done better or, was it something I said or was you know the system not set up properly for properly. them to show up for the call <laughs> did know? they see my
1: last post and decide that I was the worst person to support them in this problem yeah it's- I think that it's, it's, it's so true that we make it about ourselves. And, and from a variety of perspectives, this makes sense. Like humans have a negativity bias, you know, humans try to look for problems um, to solve. That's what our brains are wired to do to keep us alive. So it's, it's partly that. And I also think it's, um, Not seeing this in it's it's, what I'm trying to say is like ego, you know, and not ego in the way of like, oh, you're egotistical but just like ego, you know, we are viewing the world and other people from our unique lens and that is not the lens of everybody else. And so when we're the main characters of our story, it's easy to make everything about us because we're the main characters. The fact that someone spilled coffee on your shirt is a, a direct attack to you because you're the main character. Whereas like, you know, their story might be, gosh, this person just bumped into me and now I lost all of my coffee and that sucks, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so so like from a variety of exp- uh, places, I think it makes sense that, that we have this come up for us, but like most of the time, like 98% of the time, it's most likely not about you, but we, we make it about us. And oftentimes we make it about us in a way that isn't helpful or supportive in a way that actually makes us feel bad. Um, so (laughs) it's like, it's one thing making it about you in a positive way. It's, and it's another thing, like, just beating yourself up for everything all the time. Because at the end of the day, you can find a million reasons why you're you're not good at something or you're not the right person or it's all your fault or whatever it happens to be. But for some reason, we find it hard to create another million reasons why we are the perfect person, or the right fit or whatever it happens to be, even though it's, it's kind of the same process. It's just a different angle.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then also you started your business... Did you start during the pandemic, or you said that it started to thrive in the pandemic?
1: So, so kind of a bit of both. So, when I was um, working, I was working as a fitness instructor, a yoga instructor, and during that time, I started to do some health coaching, so health and wellness coaching. Um, and I, I realized pretty quickly that wasn't going to be <laughs> the the sort of coaching that I thrived in. Not because that I don't think it's important. I think I think it's definitely important. It's just not my gifts and what I want to spend my energy doing. Um, And so that started about, I have to think about my timeline now. And I think that started about six months before the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. Um, I started doing that, but then the pandemic hit. And so I'm coming up to um, a year in this iteration of my business.
0: Mm -hmm. And how was that like kind of, cause there was a lot of energy to kind of hold during that time. And were yeah. you with your partner as well during that time? So a bit of both. Um, so,
1: so yes, for a lot of it. Um, but there, so, so here's my history y'all. Um, so, so essentially at the start of, uh, the pandemic, I ended up moving back in with my folks for a bit. Um, because, again i lost all of my positions so so having an apartment it just, it didn't make sense and my partner and i weren't at the place where we would consider moving in together um it was you know it was still early days in terms of the romantic development of our relationship we were friends for a couple years before then um so at the start of the pandemic i i moved back to move my folks and and once my business got a little more stabilized you know then it kind of started to switch over of um living with my partner and spending one or two days at my parents place just to get work done because it's it's hard to get work done at my my partner's place so kind of a bit of both
0: Mm, okay um Yeah, I'm just curious because, you know, I also started this business during the pandemic and, you know, because I had to leave my business that I had built for the past five years. And it was one of those things around, you know, it was like I had been dreaming up this vision around being a coach for a long time. And I figured like, oh, I'll do that when I am 30. I'll do that, Mm -hmm. you know, five-year plan, I'll work towards it, you know, I'll I'll maybe find the time for it, right, Um, and then it was one of those things where I was pretty much just, like, plunged into this, all this time and space to create this business, and then it was one of those feelings around, it's, I'm all in or I'm not, like, you know, I'm either doing this or I'm not doing it, right, because I have all the time in the world, and, like, really now is the time to create this if I'm going to do it. Um, and I just feel like there was so much energy to hold at the time. And there was so much energy around, you know, these big life transitions with my partner as well. Yeah. Like, you know, we we used to go from never seeing each other. Really. We lived together. We <laughs> did not see each other because I, we had conflicting work schedules. I would work weekends and he wouldn't. And then we would ne- rarely ever see each other. And then now we're home together all the time. All the time. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs>
1: definitely. So,
0: but I think that um the test for me or the kind of confirmation that I was in a good relationship was like, we actually loved that more. Mm. We loved having that time together more. And I like not saying that there weren't like challenges with it and like a learning curve with it, but now it's like, it's so nice to like have him home, you know? And it's so nice for me to be home. And like, before a lot of our problems stemmed from like never really seeing each other because, yeah. you know, um, dealing yeah. the whole thing, even though you live together, there's like that lack of quality time.
1: Yes. Um, yeah, I, so, so it was an interesting moment. So I, now that my partner and I are, you know, kind of living together and spending more time together, it was really interesting because we both had this realization um, a couple of weeks ago where we just don't really get sick of each other. And it was one of those realizations that came through that kind of shook my perspective on relationships a little bit because I kind of like the culture is the way I view culture when it comes to relationship there's a lot of bash talking partners which I'm really not a fan of I'm really not I'm not here to co-sign that I think that if you're complaining about your partner all the time to your girlfriends you have to reassess that if that's the right partner for you um and and I, I I really solidified that opinion when I didn't want to leave him, <laughs> you know, like I would make plans with a friend and I realized like, I'm not escaping from you. I really enjoy our time here and I'm going to go enjoy my time with my friend. And then I'm going to come back and I'm still going to enjoy being with you. Like just feeling really secure in that. Um, I I don't really have any word that I'm going with this, except for just, it really kind of shook up my perspective on relationships. Cause I think we have this idea with relationships, either, again, romantically or with family or um, in business or whatever, that there's a sense of wanting to get away from your partner or get away from people or just sort of that that rubbing and I really realized that all of the relationships I have in my life right now light me up so much whether that's my partner whether that's you know a call with a client like I it's just all in alignment and so I guess I'm saying this so that if anyone's listening like um, well people are listening but to the people who are listening um, like it's available for you like sincerely it's so available for you that when when you live in alignment you're going to have the opportunity to have a partner who you don't want to get away from. And even when you do get away, you feel secure about it and you're not worrying about if they're cheating on you or if they're in love with you or whatever. And, you know, same thing for clients like when you hit that stride you and and feel like secure within yourself and your relationships and and all of that like you're not going to worry about if a client is upset at you you're not going to worry about you know well you might but you're going to be able to catch it and you're going to be able to like rein it in and it's not going to rule your life it's not going to be the forefront of your mind every day um so it's available for you like if if whether that's in business or relationships or um, a mixture of the two like having having relationships that feel so aligned is
0: so available for you. Mm, Yeah, that's so, so good. Um, And just like that, that walking permission slip, you know, it's it's setting that example. And, um, you know, Lucy is evidence of that, is evidence of, you know, that this is available. And I think that, you know, especially, oh my gosh, especially around relationships, there is just such a narrative that, you have to escape or that they're going to get on your nerves. Yeah. And like, there is, I mean, I will say that, you know, we're all human and there's a little all bit human. of, there's a little bit of like, um, normalizing of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's almost like, it's okay to, you know, of course not want to be with your partner 24 seven or whatever, you know, but then there's also the aspect of it, like where we're going, the narrative is too far into just like, this is how it is. And then people don't think that that's what, what else is available to them. And they don't search for it because they go, this is what everybody else is going through. So therefore I'm just normal. And like, this is how relationships go. And I, I think I talked about this, um, last podcast episode was like, you know, just because it's the constant example, doesn't mean that that's What you should be following doesn't mean that it's right for you. And just because you see everybody else's relationships around you being a certain way doesn't mean that you have to follow into that. Doesn't mean that they're the good example for you. Um, Right.
1: This reminds me of uh, I don't know if it's a poem or a short story, but. Um, seeing images on a cave wall and people are sitting, seeing these images on a cave wall and they think this is the world. And then they turn around and they see the world behind them. And I, I, I wish I knew who, who that was written by off the top of my head, but it really just sparked that. Like if you're looking around you and you have the framework of, you know, you go to college, you get a nine to five job, you're unhappy in your job, but it's work, you're not supposed to enjoy it. So go to work and you'll come home and you'll have a partner who you see from time to time, but is, you know, kind of disinterested and you binge on Netflix and you go to bed and you do it all over again. Like if that's the narrative you grew up seeing, it can kind of shake your world up if someone comes along and it's like, it doesn't have to be this way, you know, like you don't actually have to do that. but in in the best possible way like it shakes it up in the best possible way the walking permission slip the embodied invitation to you know throw the rule book out and make your own rules of what it is you want for yourself
0: mm-hmm. yeah and sometimes that can trigger us, right? That's like the triggering aspect of things. But sometimes it's like that. I mean, most of the time I feel like when we are triggered in that way or by other people like that, um, and a way of like feeling almost like jealous or like, that's not going to happen for us. Um, then it's almost like we're just, you know, instead of looking at them going like, wow, they have it too. So I could have it for myself. Um, and and yeah, just putting ourselves back into that box of going, well, that's not accessible for everybody. And, and, you know, Mm -hmm. like, sure there's conversations around that as well, but like, you know, sometimes though, sometimes it's just like, we have to take ourselves out of our own shit. Um, and our own belief system and have to almost question it a little bit and which is uncomfortable. And I was talking to, um, a client about this around identity and around Mm -hmm. how, you know, our ego and everything wants to be really attached to identity. And sometimes when we, um, shed that and we release, start to release that, it can feel almost like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, who am I? What is going on? And that, and then we want to slip back. We're in this like weird transition phase and we want to slip back into almost like safety and old patterns and everything. And I think that this can be really prominent in relationships. Yeah. um, Because it's like that, almost that belief of like, this might not be available to me. I know that for myself, when I was dating a lot, I was just like, there's, it's getting to the point where like, I just don't believe that this is possible anymore. You know, I'm single forever. I'm never going to find the person that is going to really get me. Um, and that just totally wasn't true. And there was kind of an aspect around releasing that I had to do in order to kind of invite in this relationship. Yeah. So, just as kind of like, because I know that we're kind of getting low on time here, but like, is there any aspect or a story or example that you could think of around that you had to release or let go of something in Mm. order to kind of step into this new belief? Um, And what did that feel like?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I'm gonna jump in a couple of different directions, but I, I'm gonna give um, a very specific example. But overall, I think this is something that you have to do repeatedly in your life. You know, I think every time you get to the next expansion in your business, there's a shedding of identity and. Um, this is something that's talked about, but maybe not fully, maybe not enough of, you know, there, there might be a moment where you're making 50 K a month and you have to shed your identity and step into something new and you question everything about yourself and that's okay. Um, the specific example that I'm going to use is from a romantic perspective. Um, so back, like, again, like back a few years ago, I was in a very, Unhealthy, unsustainable dynamic with somebody, um, and I I stayed in that dynamic even though it was painful, even though it hurt, because I was afraid of having nothing, um, and and that was part of it. I was afraid of receiving no attention. I was, but the other part of that was looking around me at the women in my life and bashing myself in comparison, like having that comparison mode go on of, they can have that relationship, but I can't, they can have that love and affection, but I can't, oh, they can have all the attention, but I can't have the attention. Um, and I had to really shed that because, and, and, and I, I like remember the moment of like really realizing that I was creating that for myself every day of other people could have it, but I couldn't in my behavior and my actions. And I felt awful about myself because of it. So in in that narrative, you know, eventually there, I, I cut the relationship off, you know, mm-hmm. it got to the point where it's like, I, I can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm losing myself to have a relationship with you. And I've already given up so much, of my relationship to have just a piece of you. Like I, I, I need to, I, something needs to change here because clearly this isn't working. And it, it was hard. It was hard, mm-hmm. you know, just emotionally ending that relationship was, it was probably one of the hardest things that I've done. And I think that's the part of relationships that we don't talk about too. You know, we, we kind of brush over breakups or we sit in them for a long time, but, um, just the acknowledgement of like emotional heartbreak is painful. Um, and we kind of live in a culture that in a way, how do I say this? Um, Tries to make it idealistic in terms of like, you know, the broken romantic poet, Um, but also on the flip side of that, tries to tell you to get over it and find someone at a bar and move on. Um, So, so it was one of those things that I had to learn how to hold myself through heartbreak and I think people are learning that in so many different areas of their life, whether it's business where you thought you were going to have a contract come through and then it falls out and you have to hold yourself or, you know, in romance when you're, you're with a partner and then all of a sudden you're not, and you have to hold yourself through that. So I had to shed the, like, I had to release the identity of the person I was in that relationship because the person I was was in alignment with that relationship that didn't serve me. And so if I was going to be in alignment with a relationship that did, I was going to have to do some deep inner work and get myself there. And that meant rewriting, rewiring a ton of belief system patterns that actually, you know, if you're ghosting me, that isn't acceptable. That goes against my boundaries and that goes against my standards and we're not going to have a relationship because of it. And I'm at this point in my life okay saying that like if you don't have the time and energy to confront me if something is wrong then how do I trust you to hold my heart you know if you can't tell me you know that there's a problem how can I you know trust that we're going to be able to get through it um so so for me there's just a lot of shedding of that identity of the person I was to have that life and The great thing about shedding the identity is it means you still get to have an identity and you get to have an identity that actually serves you. And you get to have an identity that actually feels good (laughs) and is what you want. But the transition, I think it's the leap that feels scary. You know, it's the... Jumping into a pool of water and knowing it's going to shock your system a little bit. And so you're kind of hesitant, but you know once you do it, you're going to have a blast and you're going to splash around and swim a little bit. But but when you that shedding of the that shedding of the identity of who I was, both in terms of being willing to put up with behavior that I felt was unacceptable, being able to give away parts of myself. In order to have pieces of him, you know, that had to go. And when that left, I was able to have the relationship I do now, you know, which is, I'm not afraid to have tough conversations with my partner. I'm not. And that's not because I think we're going to agree on everything. That's because I know I'm going to be okay if the relationship is out of alignment and it ends. It's because I trust him and I trust his character and I trust who he is. But Lucy, five years ago, would not be able to hold this relationship because I wasn't the same person. And and so it's one of those things that it triggered, it triggered the absolute fuck out of me when people told me that I could have the relationship I wanted. It really did. You know, it, and, and, and I would be lying if I said that I still don't get triggered. I'm human. Of course I do. You know, everybody does like everybody does. I, I would be hard pressed to find someone who doesn't get triggered. Um, But, but the shedding of identity, I think it feels scary because again, it's releasing what you know and stepping into a room you don't know. But oftentimes the room you don't know is going to be stunning and it's gonna be beautiful and it's gonna be everything you wanted. So Mm
0: -hmm. yeah,
1: that's sort of the the piece I have there.
0: My God, that was so good. Um, I hope people go back and listen to that whole <laughs> tangent because it's true and it's true yeah. about, there was something that you mentioned earlier in that that I really just wanted to highlight is like the feeling of um, like, it's better to have some of it than none of it at all. None of
1: it. right? And I yeah. think that we do
0: that a lot in business with pricing ourselves. Yeah. Like, oh, well, you know, that limited belief comes in of like, well, if nobody can afford me, then therefore I'm not making any money. So it must be yeah. easier for me to like have a lower price point because some money is better than no better money. Than no money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I found again and again, it's like, that is just so not true. What, mm-hmm. what happens is, is that you start to breed resentment. You start to, yep. you know, have all of that because when people do start buying you services and you're overworked and underpaid, and now you've created this belief in your business that you have to work really hard and that you have to do all the things. And like that is not activating, right? That right. How are you showing up in your relationships, in your business, in everything when you are feeling resentful? Of your clients, right? And like, Mm -hmm. that is not their fault. That was the belief, right? That you created, right? That's not their fault. They invested in you. And so, like, you know, what I've seen for myself is like, you got to follow through. You got to show up the way that you showed up because that was the commitment that you made. However, Mm -hmm. once that ends, now you know and you understand that that was no longer activating. And what happens is, is that what I've seen for myself is like, when I do raise my prices, I'm so much better. I'm such a better coach. Mm -hmm. I was back in the day. I was a better hairstylist for it because I was finally feeling like I am in alignment with what I'm asking. Now it's coming to me and it's like, Oh, it gets to be easy. I don't have to work as hard. And like Mm -hmm. that resentment is no longer there um, because now it's in alignment and supports me. Um, And what I found as well is that when I raised my prices because I wasn't in alignment, um, before with the previous price point, I didn't want to call in clients. So Mm -hmm. I sabotaged it (laughs) because, because subconsciously you're like, well, it's not really enough. I don't know. But then you're afraid Mm -hmm. to raise the price. So therefore you sabotage it. And that led me to no clients. And then once I raised the price, guess what happened? (laughs) I got clients. Right. And yes. those for relationships, because I had to shed that identity of like, I'm no longer the $200 coach, right. Mm-hmm. I'm this different Id- identity. And that in turn activates me to call in those clients that are at that level.
1: Yeah. I think that too, kind of, kind of looping back of, you, you said it in a way that was eloquent and I'm probably going to butcher it, but um, fearing giving up the little you have because you don't want to have nothing. And it's so funny that when we are able to part with what is not in alignment, we realize that we're sitting on the jackpot and that actually, no, like it's all right here. Like I didn't lose anything. I just rediscovered what's already present and what's already here for me. And the way that I want to directly relate these two things, but the way you were talking about, um, you know, raising prices or having a certain container that you're not willing to change or wanting to change or whatever happens to be. um, I really thought about that in terms of like boundaries and standards, you know, Mm -hmm. of, you know, like sometimes when we're afraid to have boundaries or we're afraid to keep our standards at a certain level in terms of behavior and what we're going to interact with, there could be a fear that drops in of, I'm not going to have anybody. But what I found in my life is as soon as I've raised my boundaries, boundaries and as soon as I raised my standards, my relationships have never been better. Like my relationships have never been better. My friendships, like in my friendships, our boundaries are really clear. We know what we can expect from the other person and we feel safety in that you know, and same with boundaries. Like when you raise your boundaries, people feel more secure. I like, in my experience, what I've witnessed in my clients, what I've witnessed in my friendships is when your boundaries are, are there, People feel more confident. People feel more secure in interacting with you because they know what they're going to receive. And that just, like, when you, when you were talking about pricing, that's just really what sparked. Like, when you feel in alignment with your package, with your offering, with your investment level, whatever it happens to be, I really truly believe other people actually feel more comfortable and more confident stepping into that container with you. Because if you were, you know, having had an offering where it might have been a lower ticket offering, but you didn't feel good about it, the other person probably can pick up on that energy um, and might not invest. And it might not have anything to do with you or the program. They just got a, you know, a vibe that it wasn't um, in alignment. And so I think that when you hold yourself to, what it is in alignment and the standards and the boundaries and whatever it is, whether this is in relationships or in business, I think that it actually opens a lot of doors for people to walk through because you're already on the jackpot. it's just more uncovering it than you know finding it again.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. I, yeah, when you said that, I'm like, oh yeah, that's so true about um, when I think about energy and I think about, you know, money, especially when you think about money, it's like, it's always there. It's always available. It's just waiting for you to step into it. It's waiting for you to like be like, I'm worthy enough to receive this. I'm ready Mm -hmm. for it. I'm in alignment. And like, you know, it's just waiting for that activated self to come in and uh, receive it, be open arms with it. Um, But what happens instead is that we let all the limiting beliefs come in. We're like, oh no, I have to work really hard. I have to do all the things, right? (laughs) Yes. I
1: I mean, like, and and, and I, I don't know about you, but I, I have that even still. Like I have oh, totally. a lot of openness in my day. And so side note, I started taking a pottery class and I went into the studio in the middle of the day because I was done with all my work things for the day. And sure, there was things I could do, but it wasn't pressing. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go throw on the pottery wheel for an hour. And I had a moment of is this okay? Like, is this okay? Like, is it okay that I'm doing this right now? And I was like, Lucy, stop this BS. Like, of course it is. Like you created this life for a reason. It was so that you could do this at 1 PM on a Wednesday. So yes, throw your pot. (laughs) Um, so, (laughs) but yeah, I, I like, I think that the limiting beliefs can crop up, you know, Mm -hmm. in, in terms of like, Resting when you want to rest, but feeling like you can, or like not raising your prices because you feel that you have to have two years in the game before you can raise your prices to whatever it happens
0: to be. But definitely, definitely, Mm -hmm. yeah, so good. Yeah, I definitely relate with that as well. I, um, have just recently started putting in an integration week in my coaching mm. business every month. And like, that has just already like raised some, like, oh, am I supposed yeah. to, am I allowed to do this? Is it okay? And then it's like the feelings of almost like you hold yourself back from like doing things because you're like, mm-hmm. I should be working. I should yeah. be it's like, what else do I have to do? Have to do <laughs> There's only so much you can do. And sometimes the trap I find is that you like, put so much mental like you take up so much mental space and energy yes because it's like now you have to basically bully yourself the inner critic comes in to like work hard or do the things and that's just not the truth and what I found more often than not is like it wasn't that I I have more time and space now than I ever did before I've had the same time and space but Mm -hmm. it was how I was using that time and space and how I was using it before was all this mental cloudiness and almost like punishing myself for not having the clients or not having the income that I want just yet or all these things. And like, now that I've had the clients, I have the income. I'm like, those thoughts still pop up in a different way. Right. It's like, well, you should be posting on social media. You should be doing this and you should be doing that. It's like, bitch, like, just give me a break. (laughs) Yes. 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 It's a lot of reprogramming for sure. For sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, yeah, and I think that every time you get to a new transition in your life, in your partnership, and whatever happens to be this, there's always a sense of reprogramming, and it's it doesn't feel heavy to me anymore. Um, I think people, I think one of the reasons why people avoid going into that next expansion or that next level, whatever, whatever you want to call it is like the, like having to reprogram all the time, but it really, it's, it's so easy once you do it, like once you, like you get into a group with it, I think when you do your mindset practices, your embodiment practices of, oh, that's a limiting belief. Okay, cool. That's cute. We can shift that real quick and then carry on. It's, it's one of those things that once you're in the process, in the flow of, of noticing the beliefs that are coming up it's it's actually a lot easier to reprogram that for yourself as you go on um and yeah that's that's just what came through and kind of what you said in terms of like oh I have to you know reprogram like the integration week and which I I also feel that uh, because that's also in my business right now actually so I do actually think we're living the same timeline right now um, <laughs> I think like reprogramming becomes easier um as you go on
0: it it really does yeah definitely it's yeah I mean it's it's a muscle right it's like our brain is a muscle and we're working that so obviously like there's still gonna be stuff that comes up at every fucking level and it's gonna be always the same type of shit but it's like can you lift a heavier weight, right? Can you just mm-hmm. like you know you've built all this time up? Can you just put on five more pounds and just lift that yeah. weight, right? Instead of you know going from zero to a hundred, right? Obviously, right. you're not going to be able to do that. Um, so it's like I think of it that way as like it's just going to take more time. And then sometimes you know you just have to add that extra. Extra Mm -hmm. attention, extra detail. Maybe you have to fix your form a little bit. But other than that, it's like it does get easier and easier because all the patterns are kind of the same. And what you'll find over and over again is like it's the same shit. It just wants to be framed a different way. And then you're like, oh, wait, this is my codependency coming up. Oh, wait, this is my (laughs) abandonment. Oh, wait, like it's just taking on a different form. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so we, um, we talked a lot about a lot of yeah. things today. I hope <laughs> that um, people take away a lot from this episode. Is there just kind of something that you want to kind of summarize or send a message to the people listening that you want to leave them with?
1: Yeah, I think the main thing is that, Whatever you are working towards, like whatever relationship you are calling in or trying to shift into or business, it's available to you. And don't be afraid of... The shadow that can come along with that Um, in terms of like what we're talking about here is reprogramming stuff for example Um, and for some people a term for that is shadow work depending on what it is that you're uncovering and unpacking and everything that happens to be and just don't be afraid of that like there's such a path forward when you're able to look at some, the, the painful areas of your life, there's a lot of power that can come from looking at those aspects of yourself and integrating that into all of you. So whatever, whatever is coming up for you in terms of, you know, triggers or things that you're moving through, like what you're, what you're calling in is so available to you. You are ready for it right now. And also it's okay to look at these aspects of your life that are painful. And once you do, look at those aspects and you don't have to look through it all fully, but once you do start looking at that, you're going to expand the other areas of your life tenfold. Um, because you are it's not going to be a source of shame anymore. It's not going to be a source of fear anymore. It's just going to be an integrated part of you. Um, so I think, I think that that's what I would love to uh, leave people with today. Don't be afraid of your shadow. It's a part of you. So is your light, go shine it um, mm-hmm. and keep doing, keep doing you.
0: Oh, I love, love, love that. Um, I would also add, don't be afraid to be first. Um, I think yes. that's something that we, um deal with a lot like there's so much evidence out there that you can find from others that are doing i mean look at lucy look at me look at you know anybody right and i will say that there were many a times that i was listening to podcasts just like this you know and mm-hmm. i was like oh man i want to create that and i you know this was years of processing and kind of thinking this through and envisioning this for my life and i will say that there's still times where it's scary of feeling like nobody else around me is doing this. Right. Nobody Mm -hmm. in my family knows what the hell I do. (laughs) Like, you know, nobody else, like nobody else really gets it, but that's okay. Like I still get to be fully expressed. I still get to be first in a sense and there's still safety that you can find in that with, um, people around you, people that you're consuming, the type of content you're consuming, just the Mm -hmm. communities that you're in, um, with the internet nowadays, we just have so much access to that. So definitely don't be afraid to be a little different and be first. Um, if that's what's happening with you.
1: Yeah. And adding on to that, I think one of the reasons that I was able to create the level of success that I I currently have, you know, like, frankly, in my first year of business is I did it messy and unprepared, frankly, Mm -hmm. like I did it messy. (laughs) I did it with putting out a post and putting together a group program and seeing if people were going to show up and then people did. Um, So you don't have to have it all figured out. Uh, I think there's this saying that goes around and, and part of the reason I I kind of brought up the shadow work is that you have to be fully healed before you can move forward. And that's bullshit. Mm -hmm. Like, no, (laughs) there's going to be stuff that comes up every day. You don't have to know everything. It's, it's relatively impossible to know everything and you don't have to have it all figured out. Um, Going back to what you were saying, like clarity comes through action. So don't be afraid to do it messy. It's okay.
0: Mm -hmm. All right, Lucy. Well, I loved, love, love having you on the podcast. I just feel like we get each other. We are in total (laughs) alignment and apparently we're living the same fucking lives. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Where can people find you if they want to reach out?
1: Yes. So I mostly hang out over on Instagram. So at lucy.m as in Michaela.price. You can also find my website, shiftyourstory.net, or you can join my Facebook group, Shift Your Story. Um, Any of those places. Yeah.
0: And I'll have those all linked down in the show notes for you guys. So you can check it out and definitely get in Lucy's spaces. Definitely give her a follow on Instagram. And we would love to hear any of your guys' just takeaways from the podcast. Um, Definitely tag me, tag her. And when you guys share on the stories, because we just love to hear what really resonated with you. Um, There was a lot, a lot of information in this. So I think that there's going to be multiple points for people to kind of take away that are going to be from so many different sides of things that I'm sure people Mm -hmm. will relate on the business, will relate on the relationships. So definitely if there's any lines or anything that you found super, super valuable, definitely share it with me. So um, thank you so much again, Lucy, for coming on the podcast. Super excited to have you. you. And this will not be the last time that you see Lucy in my spaces, I'm sure, um, because (laughs) I feel like we could talk about this forever. forever. (laughs) For hours. (laughs) <laughs> um, so, anyways, thank you guys so much for listening and talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Sacred Slip Podcast. I hope this episode has your juices flowing and has you feeling inspired to create your own version of a pleasure-filled life. I would love, love, love it if you could leave this podcast a rating and review, hopefully five stars. This really helps out the podcast to reach more women like yourself so that way we can empower each other and create a beautiful community. If this episode has brought you value, please share it with a friend, a family member, your partner, a coworker, or even on your social media. If you do post on your social media, make sure to tag me at Becca Joe Cavanaugh on your Instagram. So that way I can thank you and send you so much love. Also make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that way you never miss an episode. If your pussy and intuition is craving more and to dive deeper into this work, check out my website and ways that you can work with me through my signature courses and intimate coaching containers. Sending you so, so much love. And I will talk to you on the next episode. Bye sluts.